situation that you may go through, he is the answer. That is why this morning I know that he will be there with them, supporting them. But there is something that he usually uses. God will never just come and support you. He has his attributes all the time. And it is those attributes which is an extension of him that if you are in need, if you need a shoulder to cry on, he will use that attribute for you to cry on. And then uh, it is that attribute that is, is part and parcel of the church, the body of Christ. So if uh, a part of the, 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 the leg is feeling cold and it needs some soothing, the hand will go there, take a blanket and cover it. Because it is part and parcel of the same body. So in those few ways, what we expect is that because we are the bride of Christ, we are the body of Christ, so when something like this falls upon us, God uses us to go there and be a pillar of strength, to offer a word of support. Amen. So it will not be God coming, offering you support, but he will use a sister, he will use a brother, so that if you need a soldier to cry on, you may use him as that soldier that you can lean on. Amen. So that is why, with these few ways, what we expect is that in this time of need, we, the church, we, the bride of Christ, we are that soldier that they need to cry on. Whatever support they may need, they will not get it anywhere else. We should be the first people to volunteer. We should be the first people who will go there offer a helping hand. Amen. Amen. So, whatever arrangement is going to go, we don't know what is the arrangement, but I would adv- advise that the funeral will be take place maybe this Saturday. And then uh, there's something that I can say maybe about Brother Malak. I think it is impossible for you, if you know the history of how the message came here in Whitbank, to be able to talk about the message and not mention Brother Malak. The moment you talk about the birth of the message in this area, 
his name will always pop out. So that is why we as a church is is upon us. It behoves us that in this time of need, we go there and we offer support. Amen. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Amen. So when there is a funeral, who are going to be the first people there? Who's going to be the first people there? Us. Amen. If there's a need, who's going to offer uh, support? Us. Amen. So because we are the bride of Christ and the, the people who are in need is part and parcel of our body. You understand? The, body, the, the word of God tells us that the eye can never say to the ear that it is better than the ear. Because without the eye, without the ear, the eye will never be able to function properly because you don't hear anything. You understand? That is why even today, in this night time of need, it behooves, it behooves us as Christians to be able to go there and offer support and then be the shoulder that they can lean on and cry on. Amen. Uh, in those few ways, we can just stand up maybe and have a reading for the word. Amen. Uh, for, for the reading of the word uh, this morning, we will read, uh, uh, open our Bibles from Exodus uh, chapter 14. And we'll start from verse uh, 13, and then we'll just read through it. Amen. Uh, If we we have found it, it reads this way. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptian whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. Forever. Amen. And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And, then, and, and, and the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward, lift up thy rod, stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall dry uh, ground through the midst of the sea. And I, be- and I behold, All right, uh, and I behold, I will harden the heart of the Egyptian, and they shall follow them. And I will give them, I, w- I will give me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his host and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptian shall know that I am the Lord, and I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptian and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to this. That is the Israelites. So that the one came not near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night, and made the sea dry, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right and on their left. And the Egyptian pursued, went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, 
watch the, the Lord look unto the host of the Egyptian through the pillar of fire and of cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptian and took off their chariot's wheels and they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighted for them against the Egyptian. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come upon the Egyptian, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And the Lord stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. And the morning appeared, and the Egyptian fled again, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptian all in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned, and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came in the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry ground, dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right. And then, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptian dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptian. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant. Okay, and we can also open Romans chapter 9. And then if we found it, it reads this way. Not as though, uh, we'll start from uh, chapter 9, verse 6. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are children of flesh, they are not the children of God. But the children of promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. And this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. And it was said unto her, the elders shall serve the young. As it's written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Amen. And the, the last scripture will be John 14. And then I will read from verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye shall know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless, comfortless, I will come unto you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I in, the father, in my Father, ye in me, and I in you. He, he, had, he, that had my he that had my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Amen. 
we can just ask um, Brother, uh, yes, just, just Brother Chetty to come forward and just pray for the reading of the word. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, gracious God, Lord, how you had even spoke through your prophet so many times, dear Lord, and yes, you appreciated the songs and how we would come and prepare ourselves, dear Lord, but Lord, how you said that we should give preeminence to the word, dear Lord, how we need to be so attentive in this hour, dear Lord, how we need to be also so sensitive, dear Lord Jesus, because, oh God, it's the word of God that could transform us, dear Lord. And how we even reminded, dear God, that we are born by the incorruptible word of God, dear Father. And what a privilege we have as the children of God to be, Lord, in the light of the evening hour, dear God. Away from the darkness of the world, Father God. And that is why, dear Lord, we open our hearts to you, Father God, with attentive hearts, Lord. Being receptive, Father Lord. Having a desire, dear Lord. Having an attitude, dear Lord. Speak, my Lord, dear Lord, for your servant. Hear it, dear Lord. Move away every unbelief from the camp, dear Lord. Move away every nervousness and tensions, Father. Every worriness, Father. Every wandering mind. Dear Lord, every disturbance, dear Lord, every spirit, Father God, Lord, take hold of the mind of your children at this time, Father God, because it could be our last, Father. I remember your prophet even speaking yesterday, dear Lord, Father, and, 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 and he said, dear God, that we could walk out the service and it could be our last service and we could close our eyes and it could be our funerals or whatever it could be, dear Lord Jesus. And that is why, Lord, we just want to hear you. Father God, come by, Lord. Speak to us once again. Bless your servant, dear Lord Jesus. Hide him, dear God. Give him the utterance, dear Lord Jesus. Give him the anointing, dear Father God, that he'll break through, Father God, Lord, that an entrance may be opened, Father God, that we'll move from this realm of flesh, Father God, into the dimensions of revelation, Father the dimensions of faith, Father God, that we will receive what we came for, Father. And Lord, at the end of the service, we'll be glad and be mindful to say, Father God, thank you, O God, for all that thou hast done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, I greet you again in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Uh, we just like to thank God for this day. Amen. Uh, that I can just stand in front of you and offer a few words. Amen. Uh, the, the, the message that I have today is just a continuation of the message that we, I preach, uh, I think it's a week and a half back. I think those who remember us, we're talking about meeting God's condition, standard, and expectation. Amen. So if you, re- if you remember how the, the way the message went, we talked mostly about the conditions that God has set for us, that we're supposed to meet, for us to be able to attain the everlasting life that he has promised for us. Amen. But now we're going to, for those who are not just for them to be able to follow us, I will just go through a bit of what we talked about the other side, the, the other time. But today I want us to focus mostly on the standard. What is God's standard that he wants us to meet? And then uh, the other thing that we want to speak about will be the expectation. 
Remember last week, the pastors talked with us about the burden of law expectation. Now, that message pertained to us expecting something from God. So, so that if you have a law expectation of God, it is a burden because most of the things that you will be able to ask, you won't be able to attain. But what I want, I want just to look in another direction. What is it that God expects from us? You understand? His people. From us, his children. What is it that he wants us to attain? What is it that he wants us to show the world? Because remember, we, the word of God tells us that we are the salt. We are the light of the, of, of, of the, of the world. So, the, the, even it says that it doesn't help if a light is put under a table. A light needs to be put on top of a table so that it can shine, so that everybody can see it. And that is what God expects of us so that he, his name will be praised through us. Amen. So that is one of the expectations that God has for us. So if you remember there, when we spoke, we spoke about Abraham leaving the land of Ur of the Chaldees into Haran. Then from Haran, God moved him further into a land that he had chosen for him. Understand? So you remember what we told you that when we read the scripture, God actually, from, from moving from Ur unto Haran, it was Lord, it was Abraham's father who had moved them with Lord and then with Abraham's wife Sarai and then their children and their livestock. And we talked about the conditions that were found in Ur of the Chaldeans that they, 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 they used to worship a moon god called Sinai. I think it was called Nana. That is the moon god that they used to, to worship there. So what happened is that because of what they were worshiping then, Abraham's father, Terah, decided that it was better if they can go from that place into Haran. And then the reason why they named the place Haran, it was because one Abraham's elder brother died while they were in Ur of the Chaldeans. So from there in Haran, when they went, they named that place Haran after him. But even after moving into that place, God wanted them to move further, you understand? Because the call was not for all of them. The call was for Abraham. That, was, that is why we say Abraham was the elect. He was the one that God has an, had an unconventional, unconditional covenant with, you understand? So from, from that Haran, they had to move further, you understand? And uh, during that time when he, the, the, the God spoke to Abraham, uh, the, we showed you that it was a change in condition. He had to move from Haran into another place. That is another condition. The condition that God had set for him. Not the condition that Abraham set for himself. Because remember, they moved from a condition that is Ur of the Chaldeans into Haran. That was them moving themselves. But that is not what God requires of us. God wants to move us. That is why we say it is not what you do that saves you. It's not the good works that you do that makes you choose, God choose you. There is nothing that you can come in front of God that can make you to be able to, uh, be able to, be able to get his grace, to be able to get his mercy. It is him choosing you. It is him electing you. You understand? It is him who predestinates you. Now, we showed you that when he moved from Haran into that land, which is Canaan, that is, which is the land of promise, when he moved out, 
God is the one who moved him. So you saw that the change of condition now was not of uh, Adam, uh, Abraham's undertaking. It was of God's undertaking. It was God now taking him from that land into another land. It was God taking him from that condition into another condition, which is a better condition. That is why the spirit of, every time when a, a believer comes, you, you have to separate. That is, the, the, moving from the, the, the land of Haran into Canaan, it was a, a separation. That is why when he moved there, he, the, the calling it was for Abraham and his wife, not for Lot, but he took along Lot. Now we showed you that when Lot went along with them, uh, he, when they went into the land, because Lot was not called, he was a take-along. He was just somebody who just heard what Abraham's message was, and he just followed him. The calling was not for him. That is why when they went into that land, there was problems. They, between the, 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 the shepherds of Abraham and the shepherds of uh, Lot, so from there, a separation had to take place. One had to go west, one had to go east. If the other one went north, the other one had to go south. You understand? Because the calling was initially not for him, Lord. It was for Abraham. Now, remember, when God calls you, even today as I'm speaking to you, it is God speaking unto you. When he speaks to you, you have to listen. You have to take him at his word. If you don't do it, you reject him. You find that your condition before he called you and the condition after he, you rejected that message is what? Worse than before. That is why you find that Lord was taken from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans into the land of Haran. I can tell you, Haran was better than, was, was much better. But where did Lord end up in? In Sodom and Gomorrah where there was more sin than there was in Haran. So I even showed you the, the time when I was here that it was better if Lord remained in Haran because now the condition that he found himself in while he was in Sodom and Gomorrah was even worse than the condition when he was in Haran. Amen. So do you see now, when God calls you, you have to take him at his word. If you reject his word, your condition is what? Worse than before. You understand? So that is why each and every time when God speaks to you, he calls for a separation. That is why you need to separate from the world. Because he says, he that has the love of the world, the love of my father is not in him. You understand? That is why when he calls you, it is not you, he, you calling yourself. It is him. So the situation that he calls you to go unto, it is him who foreordains that situation who for ordains wherever you're going to lend unto. So that is why when you, you, you are following God, following him, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, your future is predetermined pre by him. It is not what you're going to do. It's not what you're going to do that's going to make you to accept him or to even, be, uh, to be, to even have favor or even find grace in front of him. Amen. And then we even went there to show you about Adam and Eve that when they rejected God's word, they had to go out of the Garden of Eden. Now, that is one thing that I want to show you today so that we'll start our message this morning. When Eve and Adam sinned, God had given them power. 
each and everything that was in the land of, of uh, Eden, they had control over. The word of God tells us that Adam, while he was there, he could change even the direction of a river. If the mountain was sitting there and he was not satisfied with what the mountain was supposed to, he wanted to move it, he could do it. He, Adam, was the one who named all the animals that were there in, in Aden. God gave him that power. You understand? Whatever he said, God approved. But after they sinned, the, everything changed. You understand? That is why we say you were predestinated. But having been predestinated, you don't remember it. You were part and parcel of God even before the beginning of the foundation of the world. But you don't remember it because sin, the sin that Adam did, clouds you from remembering what you were in God. The power that you used to enjoy with God. Because remember what he said. He said, let us make people in our own image. Who is he talking to? He was talking to you and me. Because there we were his attribute. There, while he was Elohim in the Garden of Eden, he was speaking to us, which were part and parcel of him, which, were, which are his attribute. Amen? So that is why when Adam and Eve sinned, let me just show you how it, it happened. In the Garden of Eden, there was a serpent. Now, the word of tells us that the serpent was the most cunning animal there. Now, if you, you, you remember, uh, uh, a snake can speak. <laughs> that means... A serpent was something else. That means that is why his blood could mix with the blood of the woman because he was the closest animal that could be found closest to man. That is why the, the, the devil, when God chased him out of heaven, when he landed in Adam, the first animal that he went into was the serpent. And through the serpent, he went there and he beguiled Eve. Understand? So the reason why Eve was beguiled is because Eve was not the original seed. You understand? Because when the, 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 the devil spoke to him, came to him and, and spoke to her, she asked, what is it that God has said to you? She said, they, they, they say. <laughs> it was not something coming from her. She didn't say, we are not supposed to. He says, they say we are not supposed to eat of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. That shows you that the word that she was saying, it was not originally from her. That is why we say Eve was the weaker vessel. You understand? That is why she was beguiled. Because normally if you come and say to the, to, to, to the devil and you say, they say already, remember the, the devil can see. The devil is not like me and you. When I see, look at the brother, all I can see is him. But the devil can see even inside. He can even see inside the inside man and see what is in him. So he showed that there was something missing in Eve. That is why the moment he say, they say, that means that is not her weight. That is something that she had, that she is just repeating, that is not part and parcel of her. That is why then she was beguiled. Now after she was beguiled, God came and she was, he was asking after them. Adam, Adam, where art thou? Now, we showed you that each and every time when a man sins, the first thing that he does is to run away from God. Understand? That is why we even try to show you on John 21 where there was a, where I show a type of a fish, a fire, and a lamb to show you that when the, the John and some of the disciples, they went there to fish, 
God told them where they should cast their net so that they would be able to get more fish. So when they did that, they were able to get more fish. But then after that, they took out the fish and they presented them to Jesus Christ. They found Jesus Christ, he had made a fire. You know what is the significance of fire? A fire, if there is, a, there is something that is wrong, you, you, the, the, the only thing that can destroy that thing, whether it is disease, whether it is sin, if you put it through fire, it will not survive. That is why you find that they presented the fish to Jesus Christ, and he put them through the fire. And immediately after do, saying that, you find that the, the condition changed. The situation changed. He was no longer speaking about a fish. He was speaking about a lamb because there had been a change in condition. The nature, that is the nature of a fish, that will always seek to flee away from God. That will always seek to flee from the bait was changed. Now, you are not, after you've accepted Christ, you've gone through the fire, which is the word of God. Your situation changes. You're no longer a fish. You are a lamb. You understand? That is why he said to Peter, feed my lamp. Feed my fish. Then he will show you that it is a stage. It shows you that when you are just being converted, you are a lamp. But the moment you come, you listen to the word, it builds you up, you become a sheep. You understand? That is why now you find that there is a change in condition. That is what was expected of Abraham. But now there is one thing that I want to show you, that even when Adam was called, it was not because he had accepted Christ or he thought about Christ and wanted to go to Christ. It was because he was called even before the foundation of the world. That is why even you, you did not come here because of your own. It is something that draws you. The word of God says, Jesus says, it is the Father who draws you unto him. The Father, God, draws you. That is why when the word is spoken, when the word is preached, it can find a place in your heart because there is a remembrance of who you were. It is not a new thing. You can, you can recall it. You, can, you don't know how, but you find that somehow it fits with you because it was part and parcel of you even before the, the beginning. Amen. That is why when the word of God is preached, you accept it. That is why somebody, when the word of God is preached, he doesn't accept it. Because there are pre- people who are predestinated to accept it. And then if you are predestinated to accept it, there are those people who are predestined not to. Just like Lot. He was predestined not to accept the word of God. That is why instead of choosing a place, the place that he chose was what? Sodom and Gomorrah. Where there was more sin. You understand? But the, the child of God will never make such a choice. Amen. And then we showed you the stages that a child of God goes through. That is justification, sanctification, and baptism of the Holy Ghost. That it is the Holy Ghost that when it comes there, the reason why you have to accept the Holy Ghost, it is because the Holy Ghost waters the seed. Now, the the Brahmins say that the Holy Ghost was there in the Garden of Eden watering the seed. Now, the seed, you find that there is a good seed and there is a bad seed. That is why you find that people can can come there, speak in tongues, and you find that they are living an unholy life. That is a, what? That is a, not a good seed. You understand? That is a cochlear bar. That is like a weed. We have a weed, which is a cochlear bar, and we have a weed, which is a crop. That they, at, a, at the end, in the harvest time, God will come 
and try to harvest. Amen. So when, 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 depending on who you are, that is why you find that the, the, the Holy Ghost, when it comes to you, what it does is just, it brings out the life that is in the seed. So what it means is that it's, it's actually not the Holy Spirit that saves you. No. You are saved because there is a seed in you that is savable. That is what's there with Christ. That is why even when you go to Revelation chapter 2, they talk about the white stone. That is why even the, the, when you go and you speak about the, woman, the, the Samaritan women, when Jesus Christ came to her, she said, this man that you, you are speaking to, he's not one of your husbands. Just by saying that, telling her her sins, telling her what she had done wrong, she accepted Christ because there was a white stone in her. She was the seed. You understand? That is why the, 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 the weight, when it went there, the weight is the seed. It found a place in a heart. You understand? But if you are not a seed, you can reject the weight. Yes, the word of the, 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 the Holy Spirit can inspire you to come and preach, can inspire you to come and speak in tongues. But even Brother Brennan that says, the speaking in tongues, it is not the sign that you have the Holy Spirit. Because he had heard witches speaking in tongues. So that is not the sign that you've been saved. There is, so it is just a gift. You understand? It is just a gift that the Holy Spirit manifests in you. But there is a way which is, it is done in the message. You just don't come here and speak in tongues. What does Paul say? If you come and you speak in tongues, that is for, if it is not interpreted, interpreted those tongues, the church will not be edified. But for the edification of the, of the church, those tongues should be interpreted. You understand? So there is a condition that when you speak in tongues, there must be all interpretation. Well, if you speak in tongues, people will think you are mad because it doesn't edify them. It doesn't build them. It doesn't benefit them of anything to hear you speaking in tongues while it's not being interpreted. And we spoke about many other gifts that the Holy Spirit, when you have found it, manifest. That is why when he spoke to them, he said, I have to go away to show you the other part of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, it is also Christ. That is why you, when, when, when uh, Peter and the disciples, when they were here, they, they could falter. They could, after Jesus Christ was, 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 was hung on the cross, after Jesus Christ was crucified, they were despondent. They drew back. That is why when we, I've told you that when in, in, in John chapter 21, it talks about them going back to fishing, to their old ways. Because now Jesus whom they were with, who was the Godhead, who was God personified, had left them. So they didn't have any other strength. Now, the reason why when he spoke to them, he said, for you to have power, there must be a spirit of promise, the Holy Spirit, that will come unto you, that will go and guide you. So as you see now, that is another part of the Holy Spirit. It is a guide. Now, the other part says, the Holy Spirit, it is a seal with which you are sealed until the day of your redemption. Yes, that is the Holy Spirit. That is a, it's a seal. That is why Abraham, when he had accepted God's word, God gave him a commandment that each and every person in his household should be circumcised. That was a seal of the covenant. But remember now, God called him when? 
he didn't call him after he was circumcised. He called him even before. That is why even you, God calls you even before you were, you, you, you received the Holy Ghost. He, he, he called you even before the foundation of the world. Because when you died there on the cross, when he died there on the cross, he died even before the foundation of the world. And that is when you, you were born. Amen? So that is why now uh, the Holy Spirit also is a seal, which which we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Uh, one day we'll come and try maybe to speak a message on what is the day of your redemption? What is it? We'll go forward on that, but that is a subject for another day. Amen? So now we went, we went there that after you've been sent, justified, sanctified, had a baptism of the Holy Spirit, now you are now what? The Holy Spirit comes into you. God comes into you. Then he starts working through you. Amen. Then there are some conditions. You, understand? you need to pass the word test. That is one part of the condition that we spoke to about. And then the other conditions, I'm just going to read them to you now. Amen. Yes, we spoke that you must pass the work test. And then the other condition was, was that you must always be engaged in the matters of God all the time. And we gave an example about David. How when David, when he was engaged, he could go there and David Goliath. Because he was engaged. He had the Holy Spirit. He had just been anointed by the prophet Samuel. So he could go there, defeat Goliath. But... When he disengaged, when he was a king, there was a battle with also the Philistines. He didn't go. He chose to remain behind. Now you see, he became disengaged from the matters of God. Then what happened? He was walking around in his palace. Then he looked down. There was a woman washing. Then after that, she committed adultery with that woman. So it shows you that for you to be protected, for you to be always holy, righteous, for you to, as God says, you must be. You must always be engaged. Because that is, when you come to church, yes, that is what engagement means. You must be, come to church as often as you can. When you become engaged, the devil always flees. It's not, it's, it will not travel you. But the moment you disengage, the devil now will come and visit you and he can tempt you and then you can fail. Amen. Then we also spoke about that, uh, that, is, that is how far we went at a time. Now, this morning, I wanted to speak about the standard. Now, the, the standard, I think we all know what is God's standard. Amen. That the God's standard is what? What is God's standard? The work. That is his standard. You need to meet that standard. So, just for an explanation, when you remember, in the days of Moses... Uh, Aaron was the high priest. He had what we call the Urim of Thummim. That was a, a breastplate that was found in the chest of Aaron, the high priest. It had 12 stones around it. Now, those 12 stones, what used to happen was that if a person had a dream, if a person had a prophecy, people wouldn't go there and just accept that prophecy as the truth. <laughs> it had to be tried. It had to be tested. It has to be put through the Urim of Thummim. What will happen is that if a person comes and says, 
no, such and such will happen. They will bring him next to, in front of that jury of famine. The only way they will know if that person is speaking the truth, that urim of famine will reflect. It will reflect seven rainbow colors to show that whatever that person is saying, it is the truth. If a person had a dream, and then before people could go there, leave their lands, or do whatever that they want to do, to see if that dream was certain, and if that dream was from God, they had to, he had to say that dream in front of the, the high priest. If the Urim of Thummim did not reflect light, did not light up, it doesn't matter how good a story, how authentic, how genuine, whatever that person seems to be saying, it will not be truthful because the Urim of Thummim, which was God's standard then, did not approve it. You understand? So nowadays, our Urim of Thummim is the what? The way. That is why, as a child of God, each and everything that you do, <laughs> each and everything that you do or say, or if a, a preacher comes and preaches, his word has to align with whatever is in here. If it doesn't align with this, it doesn't matter how good it is. Even Paul said, even if an angel can come from heaven, preach unto you, and then he preached contrary to this word, then you shouldn't take it. Understand? Because the word nowadays is a standard. That is why whatever we do, whatever we say, how we believe, the standard is the word. Amen? And then what is the word? The word is Christ. Now, that is why Christ says, let the mind that was in me, let, the mind, let us have the mind of Christ. When we, that, is, that will only happen when you have accepted him, that you will have his mind, that whatever you you'll say, we will also go hand in hand with the word, because Christ is the word. So you cannot have Christ, who is the word, and do contrary to the word. The moment you do contrary to the word, it shows you that, no, you don't have Christ, because God cannot contradict himself. When he says, this, it is thus said the Lord. He can never change it. You understand? If he says, this is what will happen, this is how my word should be followed, that is how we will follow it. So that is our standard. That is how we meet God's standard by accepting each and part and parcel of his word, living according to it, following it. Not as a law, <laughs> no, but as a grace, as him living it inside of us. That is why the word of God says the, to the faithful, when, he was, when Paul was addressing the people who were in Ephesus, to the faithful. And he goes on when you read in that chapter, he says, to the holy, to the righteous. But it is not your faithfulness. It is not your righteousness. It is not your holiness. It is the holiness that of who, who is inside of you. That is why when you have accepted this word, your life changes. The thing that you used to do, you cannot do them anymore. The things that you used to do, you cannot do them anymore because now there is the word now manifesting itself out of you. you understand? That is why when we talk about one of the conditions was that you must pass the word test. Passing the word test is not you quoting the scriptures. 
No, sir. Passing the, passing the word test is when you go there, you leave that weight. You manifest that revealed weight. That means when people see you, they can say, Brother Sviso, he's a child of God. Not because they think you are a child of God. Because of what you are manifesting. What you are showing. That your life shows the life of who? Of Christ. That is why you need to pass the word test. And that is what Christ did. Christ, before he, you could go there and preach, he had to be tested. He had to be tried. He had to pass the word test. And the passing the word test, that is why you could see him now. Immediately after passing the word test, he will go to the synagogue. He will go to church. Brethren, we need to attend church. Because that is where we draw our strength. That is where even when the matters of life are hard, that is where we can find console, where we can find comfort, where the word of God can come and console us, where the word of God can come and build us up. You understand? Because the word of God is the what? The standard. You understand? So it is up to you today. Which standard are you following? Which standard do you want to follow? How do you want to live your life? How do you want to be seen at? Are you a believer only when you are here in church? Are you a believer when you are outside? You see here, everybody can confess that he's a believer. But it's only when you go out there where you find that if you used to do some sins, the devil will calm you, test you. You remember when you read there when Jesus Christ was tested? It was around the situation he was in. He, was, he had fasted 40 nights. 40 days. Having fasted 40 days, 40 nights, he was, he was, how, how, what was he? He was hungry. <laughs> so what is the first test that the devil comes with, to him with? If you are a son of God, come make bread out of this stone. But it is a temptation because he has seen your situation. So you can lie to us, you can profess something to us, but he, the devil, knows exactly the situation that you have, the situation around you. You understand? He knows your weaknesses. You understand? That is why when he went to Job, he said what? He said, I can't do anything because you have built a hedge around him. That means with Job, there was no loophole. <laughs> Amen. He had accepted God's promise entirely. He had accepted his God to the fullest. God's word to the fullest. That is why there was no loophole. He said, because if you accept God's word, that's what he does for you. He surrounds you with his presence. And when he surrounds you in his presence, the devil cannot break through. It tests you or maybe kill you or give you a disease. The reason he will do that, it was the last time I spoke to you. It was for him to show you his glory, if he allows a sickness to come unto you, to be able to show you that he's still a Jehovah child. He's still the Jehovah, the same Jehovah there that can heal you. That is why he will allow a disease to come unto you. That is why he will allow a situation to come in your life. For him to show you that he's still the Lord. He's the, still the Lord that he can prevail for you. Now, from now on, I want us to go into another part of our message, which is meeting his expectation. How do we go to meet his expectation? Amen. Uh, let's go. I've written some few notes here. Uh, 
Now, one of the things that God expects you to believe him. That is one expectation that God has of you. Remember, we said what is sin? What is sin, brethren? It's unbelief. That is not believing the word. That is not believing the promises that God has given unto you. That is why if a person goes there and commits adultery, that is not sin. That is just the attribute of sin. That is why when you are a child of God and you have believed God, you cannot go out there and commit sin because you believed him. Because for you to commit sins, the first thing you need to do is to not believe him, not to take him at his word. Then you will do what? You will sin. But the moment you do sin, <laughs> it is just a microscope to us to see exactly what is inside of you. That you have not believed him. So now I want to go back to the story of Eve and Adam. Now, after they had sinned, God went there, took an animal, killed it. Because they said, we are naked. That is why we are running away from you. Now, that is what sin does. It takes away your dignity. It leaves you naked. Being naked means you are without God. You understand? Now, to restore them, God had to kill an animal. That was the first sacrifice. You understand? That is what Christ types to us, a sacrifice. Now, after the, 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 the blood dripped, uh, that animal had been killed, and the blood was dripping down them, they moved out of the Garden of Eden. Now they were forgiven. Yes, I can show you what, something. When Eve had sinned, uh, with, uh, was beguiled by the serpent, when they went out of the Garden of Eden, remember, she was, they, they were, they were, the situation changed. All the powers that God had given them, because they had sinned, they were cut off. You understand? The dynamics, they were no longer in the mechanics. Those powers that they used to manifest, that Adam used to manifest, was no longer there with them. So they were just ordinary human beings. But because now a sacrifice was made, they were forgiven. We, we, we don't see Eve while he was with Adam. While he's there the while Adam is coming back from work, going out during the night, searching for the serpent. Why? Because that desire, that sin that she has committed, it was forgiven. It was no longer counted against her. She could not do it again because she had been forgiven. She was now a child of God. And that's what we expect of you as a child of God. That if God comes into you, the things that you used to do, you cannot do them anymore. Amen. So the other thing that I want to show you is that when God comes into you, he had an expectation. And one of the expectations is that you must believe in him and you must believe that he will make a way for you. That is why we read the, uh, the, the, the scripture in Exodus, whereby the children of Israel were in Egypt and then they were in slavery. Being in slavery there, they... They, 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 that is not where they were supposed to be. There was a land that was promised where they were supposed to go and worship God, which was Canaan's land. But you know the story how there was, how, how there was famine in the land, how they sold Joseph, how they had to go from their, their, their promised land into the land of Egypt. 
And then after that, after Joseph had died, they were now enslaved. And now they had to work for, they had to work for Pharaoh and work for the Egyptian. But that, is not, that was not their promise. Their promise was to go serve God in Canaan. Now you see that along the way, when they were going, after the, the, the Moses had come and then rescued them through the weight, and then they were supposed to leave Egypt. They had to go through the, through the wilderness. In the wilderness, because the, the word of God tells us that God had hardened Pharaoh's heart to even after those uh, ten, uh, those ten vials, those, those uh, things that happened, that God did unto the children of God, even after they, 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 he, he lost his firstborn, his heart was still hardened. So that, and the reason God says, he says is there, that I've hardened Pharaoh so that I should show my glory, so that people should glorify my name. So that is why when Pharaoh had left, when, when the children of Israel had, had gone out of the land of Egypt, Pharaoh pursued them. Now you will realize something. While he was pursuing them, they came to a point whereby there was a sea in front of them. There was mountains on either side. You understand? They seemed like there was no way for them. There was no way. They, they were just enclosed. The enemy was behind them and he was closing in. Now, even in your life, you might find that in your life there's a situation whereby you find yourself that you find there is no way. You have tried whatever you have tried, but you find that still you don't find a breakthrough. You just need to go back and listen to what happened to the children of Israel to be able to see what God can do for you. Because while there was no way, God made a way. And that is the kind of God we serve, that even when the situation seems bleak, when there is turmoil in your life, when you find that there is no hope, he will make hope. When you find that you, 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 are, you don't have a, a way through, he will make a way through. So we find that while they were there, the, 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 the Egyptians were closing them in. Now, because normally what happened is that the children of Israel were led by the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire went in between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. That is another, the, the first way that God protected them from being uh, engulfed by the, by the Egyptian. You understand? By forming a barrier between the Egyptian and the Israelite. And that is what the, the word of God does for us. It forms a barrier between us and the way. So that if each, each and every situation of the world that can, can come upon us, either is a disease, God it cannot reach us as a child of God, because he has made what? A barrier between us and that situation. The situation, the Egyptians typified the devil. God will make a barrier between you and the Egyptian, which is the devil, for you to be able to have a breakthrough, for you to be able to have a way through. You understand? So now, if you look, if there's a mountain on either side, and there's an enemy behind, and they see behind, it will call upon something supernatural to get you through. And that supernatural thing is who? God himself. He is the one who will see you through. That is why if you have a situation, my brother, you cannot see yourself through. You need to call something above nature, which is above nature. You need to call, call upon God himself to see you through. So that is why now when they were there 
and the Egyptians were closing in. The first thing that he said, he said unto Moses, what is it that you have there in your hand? He said, I have a rod. The rod typified the word of God. He said, say the word. If you say the word, you are a child of God. If you encounter a situation, sometimes you just need to say a word for that situation to leave you. You understand? If you are a child of God, it's not everybody just can say a word and the situation can leave you. But you have to have him inside of you. And when he's inside of you, him through you will say that word. He will put, we will put that situation to pass through his saying. You say, that is why when people come and they are sick, it is not God who prays for them. It is us. It is, pertains us because the word of our mouth, it is blessed of God. Each and every way, when we say, that is why he said to Abraham, I will bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. As a child of God, that is the promise that you have. That the words that are in your mouth are blessed from him. So if you say something, it is life. That means when you say something, you are imparting life. If a person is sick, sickness is death. You will impart life into that person by calling away that sickness. You understand? Because you have what? You have the rod of Moses, the word. So because of the situation, all Moses had to do was to point into the water. Point there. And what happened? The waters separated. You know, normally if you, 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 you go, you grow, you, there are things that people will say, many, especially some churches, that know what used to happen with the, the Red Sea. There was a tide. So that is why the children of God could walk through dry land. No, my brother, it, it's not like that. It was not a tide. A tide is when the water recedes from one area to another. But in another area, the water is still there. There it was God taking control. It was God in action. He was the one moving the water. Making a wall of water. You understand? Whereby the children of Israel, you, whatever situation you are having, you could walk through dry land. Go into the land that he has promised you. Because now he has made a way for you. But the way is made by his way. That is why now when the children of God were going there, because he had had an inferior way, I can tell you, if I can see a sea being opened and the people going through, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Amen. But because his heart was hardened, because God wanted to prove something through Pharaoh, he pursued. You understand? He was blinded. Yes, that is why the devil is sometimes. That is why the devil thinks he can come here and then uh, deceive the children of God and then uh, he, he will survive the hell because he is blinded. Understand? Because remember, the devil sometimes is an instrument of God to put you in place if you are out of place. Understand? That is why the children of, of Israel were pursued to go away into the promised land. By who? Pharaoh. By the situation that the devil had created for you. So not every situation is a bad situation. Sometimes it might be just to turn you a little so that you will see God. You will appreciate what God can do unto you, what God can do for you, so that you will realize if you are maybe relaxing, to realize that there is a God who can still prevail for me, who can still make a way through for me when there is no way. You understand? So the children of Israel went in, went through dry land. Now, while they were going there, 
the, Israel, the, the Egyptians were pursuing. Now, to show you that the, it was not a tide, the, Israel, the children of Israel were walking through the dry land, and God commanded Moses to command the waters to engulf, you understand, the, the, the Egyptian. So you see now, if there is a situation, God will use a child of God to conquer that situation. He might use your brother, he might use a pastor for you to be able to conquer that situation. That is why he said, Moses, point that road, and then the, 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 the waters came and engulfed, destroyed whatever situation you were facing through. Whatever situation tried to consume you, God will come there and, and, and through his weight, make it disappear. Amen. So that is how God will want you to expect him to make a way for you. You don't make a way for yourself. It is God who does make a way for you. Amen. So another thing that God will do is that, that he expects you to do, to be. I think for this one we can just open the Job 23 verse 10. Uh, in, in, in here, he says, he expects you to be the gold of God. Yes, that's what God expects you to be. Amen. To be the gold of God. So let's read this, that verse and see what it says here. But he knoweth the way that I take, which he had tried me. And when he had tried me, I shall come forth as what? As gold. You understand? Now, the reason he typifies gold, he types you as his children and he types you to gold. is because gold is a precious metal. My brother and sister, you are precious in the sight of God. You understand? To God, you are like gold. You are a precious commodity to God. That is why he expects you to come forth as gold because he has God has ordained you to be such because I will just show you how a gold is processed so that you will realize why you are so valuable a gold normally it's not find anywhere yes there are some areas where you can find it if they have mined the area a lot but it is found underneath the ground for you to be able to access it you have to dig dig that is why you realize that for your salvation for you to be saved, to be a child of God. There are people who had lost their life preaching the gospel, crusading after you. You understand? We have people like Stephen who was stoned to death. We have Paul. Do you know how Paul died? Paul was actually beheaded under the, the, the instruction of uh, 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 Emperor Nero. He beheaded him. Even John the Divine, he was beheaded. Even now, John, even John, the, John the Divine, I think, was he was also crucified. They tried to put him in oil. He couldn't die. Ultimately, was killed. But even John the Baptist, he was beheaded under the instruction of Herod, Herod's daughter-in-law. John the Baptist was beheaded. So you see how precious it was, and how for you, and how difficult it was you to bring you through, to bring you forth. People even had to lose their own lives. Preaching the message unto you. 
You understand? That shows you how valuable you are. That is why when you go to gold, to try to dig for gold, even as we speak today, people are still dying. Mines collapsing after, while they are inside the ground, trying to go access that precious metal. You understand? Yes, because it is a metal, metal that is uh, exp- expensive. Now, I can even give you an example with gold. Money. Money is, is a, yes, it's a currency. But for a person to say a person is wealthy, a person must have gold. If you have money, it's just paper. And then it is, that is why you find that in some areas when there is deflation, inflation, you find that even the money loses value. Mara gold is gold. You understand? The child of God doesn't lose his value over time. In fact, you find that with time, because you are his gold, you find that you even become more precious, more, more valuable. That is why when I was speaking to you about uh, uh, we are going to have a convention maybe in December. The reason why the convention will be a success is because you, the people, do you know what is a convention? A conference. It is the people. It's because, because you have been through a conference. The word of God has guided you through. You have grown spiritually. That is why the conference will be better than the one we had before. Because now you will be what? A better person than there when we had a conference before. Because God will have worked through you. Spoken through you. You understand? To show you how valuable you are. You understand? Then your value will be shown there in the conference. That is why the conference will be a success because you have grown, you have become wiser, more successful listening to the word of God. So the conference to be successful, it will be because of you. Who is the, who, who are you? The gold of God, a precious commodity. Amen. So that is why when they prepare gold, there's a way they prepare it. They just don't prepare it anyhow. You understand? That is why in the olden days, they didn't know that you had to, you can actually smelt it. They had to heat it with the hammer. Heat it. Now, when they heat gold, that gold, that rock, it will be a rock with gold around it. They had to heat that rock until all that impurities came out. Until the person who's heating that gold can reflect, can see his reflection in that metal. That is why when the word of God comes to you, when it builds you, Christ should be able to reflect. You understand? Because you are gold. He should be able to reflect from you so that you will show that there is what? Christ in you. You should reflect his life. You understand? And then that is why now, nowadays we take gold through fire. The fire, what does the fire do? It will separate the gold from all the impurities that might be in with it. Amen? So that the only thing that is left is what? Gold. You. That is why the word of God, when it comes to you, it will what? Smelt you. Each and everything that is of the world will be removed. It will be cast out. You understand? That the only thing that will remain will be that precious metal. Gold. That can reflect Christ. That is your life. That is what your life will do. Reflect Christ when you have accepted him. You understand? So that is why we say it is not the life that you live. It is not you who lives this life. It is Christ in you, reflecting in you. That is why we say you are the light of the world. Because God, Christ, is the light. 
And that light has to reflect from you. You understand? You understand? You are what you are inside. You understand? So if you don't have Christ in you, you cannot reflect that light. Because you, doesn't, you do not have that light in you. You understand? That is why we say you are what? That precious metal. You are what? The gold of God. Amen? So that is how... So what I want you to go tonight, to, to this, this evening, this uh, afternoon as you live, you need to know your position in Christ. That you are his pride. You are part and parcel of his body. That every other, every promise that he has set out here in this word, the standard, pertains to you. That's why you shouldn't go there feeling weak, feeling despondent. Because there is something about you that is more valuable. That is why the devil is after you. When the devil has conquered people, <laughs> there is no need for him to go there pursuing them after, after them anymore because he has conquered them. But you, because you are a precious commodity, he cannot go of you. He's interested. Who doesn't want to have gold? Each and every person wants to have gold because of his value, of how precious it is. You understand? That is why even the devil, when Job was there, there were so many people there in those days. Marie, every time he will go, when the, the sons of God will come there, uh, give report, he will come there. You understand? Because the one thing he was after, it was Job. Because Job, like he says, when God has tried me, I will come out as gold. You understand? Because God was that gold, was that precious community he was after. You understand? Yes, God, if, if, if you've conquered somebody, you cannot go there and try. No, you need to go further, conquer others. That was Job. And that is you. That is why you need to know that today, you are not just living. You are actually in a battle. You understand? There is a, it's a battle for your survival. You understand? It's a battle for your soul. The devil wants to have you as a precious community, but there is one side of you, one person on the side that says no. And we know that if God says no, you know if you read in, in, in Revelation, it says, when he shuts a door, nobody can open it. When he opens that door, nobody can close it. That is God. You understand? And that is what he will do about you. If he has shut you from a situation, if he says this disease is gone, this disease, this situation, you have conquered it. He has shut the door. There is nobody who can come there and try to open that door again. Because he as God, he has shut that door. He has shut that situation from you. So today I just want to encourage you, brethren, to know who you are. To know how precious you are. Amen. And there is one thing that he expects us to do again, except being gold, is that we should be overcomers. <laughs> I think that is a given. You, we should be victorious. You understand? We should manifest his power. A weakling, a person who complains all the time, doesn't ref- does he reflect strength? No. So that is why you need to guide yourself. Know that you are in battle. Know that the battle that you are fighting, he has won it before. That is why David, when he was fighting Goliath, you see, I, I like Pastor Madiba, this, I think it was in Zimbabwe, maybe this was there, there was a message that he preached there. <laughs> that is why he said you need to go there, search the word of God. You need to be always engaged. Know the things of God. 
He was preaching, he was saying, a problem is not a problem. You remember that? <laughs> yes. A problem is not a problem. But it is how you perceive, how you look at a problem. That is why when, uh, Joseph, when, 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 when David was fighting with Goliath, it looks like it's a huge problem. <laughs> yes. It was, I mean, I've, I've preached about this many times. Goliath was huge. He was 2.7 meters tall. I mean, yes, almost 200, ki- more than 200 kilometers in size. You understand? Mara to, 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 to David, to another person. That is why the children of Israel were so afraid. They were very afraid because they couldn't see how they will break through, how they will go defeat this giant of a person that was standing in front of them. Mara, because a problem is, not a, is, 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 is how you look at it. With Joseph, because he was so huge, he said, he can, if I swing, I cannot miss. Because this person is just so huge. You understand? For him, for other people, it was like it's a huge problem. But for, Joe, for, 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 for David, it was a big problem that could be solved easily. Because when you swing that sling, you cannot miss. So even your problem, whether it is cancer, whether it, whatever it is, cancer, yes, cancer is a big problem. If you have a problem, if you have cancer, my brother, we can tell you. It's for, if we can try, the doctors can try to treat you. You will find that the way the doctors will try to treat you, man, you can even get more sick getting treated from cancer than when you had cancer. Because now a cancer man, is a cell that has gone out of place. Now when this cell has gone out of place, it starts multiplying, destroying normal cells. Now, for, for you to destroy that cancer, you have to either burn it, we call it radiotherapy. Now, if you burn it, you destroy even the other tissues around it, which is a good tissues. If you put chemotherapy, also you, you are stopping that cancer from multiplying. But also, you are stopping all the other cells of, of the body from doing their normal function. So that is why you find that when you go to a doctor and they treat you for cancer, you get what? You get even sicker. You understand? Because a cancer is a big problem. But is it a big problem for God? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> a cancer, because he is the creator. You understand? Remember, when you take out that cancer, it will leave a hole inside. Now, that hole inside needs to be filled up by something. That is why there is some time when you have a cancer, will say you have a, it is end stage. Because it just destroys so much tissues in the body. We cannot remove it. No, sir, we can't. The moment we remove it, you, you cannot function because we have to take even all the other vital organs in your body. But when God comes and he says his word through you, that cancer disappears. And it's, it's, it's like it has never been there before because where the cancer was, where it was sitting, destroying tissues, God put new tissues there. That is why Brother Branham says, a doctor is not a healer. And I can tell you, I know it. There's no doctor who can profess to you that he's a healer. If you, broke your, you break your arm, the logical thing that you need to do is to go to a doctor. Because the, your arm is broken, it is bent, out of position. You need to go to a doctor so that he can set it in position. But who's going to do the healing? God. It is God who's going to do the healing. It is God, God who's going to use the cells in your body to come with all that calcium to build in new bone. You understand? It is not, it is not the doctor. 
That is why there is a time when a person is sick. When that person is sick, we doctors, we can tell you that we have done as far as we can. Now who's supposed to take over? It is God. You understand? I have seen patients. There are patients who have said, this one will make it. And he didn't make it. There are those ones who came there comatose. Ah, this one won't make it. And he makes it. We just give them the medication. We say to the family, no. We have done everything. Here, it's up to God. You understand? So you see now, who is the, who is the person running your life? It is not your situation. It is not what you are going through. It is God himself. It is him who is running your life. When he says it's over, it is not the doctor who's going to say it. It is him. You understand? Because when, it, when that bone is broken, when it needs to be said, there are so many complications that can happen when a bone is broken. It can become mal, it can unite in an uh, abnormal way. Or there could be an infection. Whereby we say it's a malunion, whereby the bone doesn't unite anymore. You understand? Mara, if God comes there and says, my son, you'll get well. It is done. Yes. yes. Because he has said it, you, all you have to do is to what? To believe it. And it will come to pass. It will come true. Because who has said it? It's not me. It's not you. It's him. True, a brother. <laughs> that is one thing you need to realize. That it's not going to be God saying, yeah, brothers, Bisu, you are well. It will be Brother Chet coming to his brothers, Bisu, my brother, we have prayed for you. You will be well. It is not Brother Chet speaking. Who is speaking? It is that reflection. It is that Christ reflecting his power through Brother Chetty, reflecting it to Sibusiso, to get what? Well. You understand? Yes. So when he said it is done, it is done because it is, he is God. That is why he says, let's make man in our image. And he was speaking to you. Now, the word of God says, because of that, it makes you to be amateur gods. People, you are not ordinary human beings. <laughs> you are a child of God. And being a child of God, that makes you an amateur God. That gives you authority. The message that you've received, the one about manifestation of the seven seals, the third pool, that is how God has done it for you so that you can go there and manifest his power. When that seventh seal, that third pool is in you, you know, you know what the seventh seal is? It's when Christ comes down into our hearts and he starts manifesting his word in our hearts. Then we know that the seventh seal, you have, you have the revelation of the seventh seal. Revelation of the seventh seal is not a letter. It's him inside of you, coming down inside of you, manifesting his word through you, showing his power. So now another expectation is that you should be empowered because you have God inside of you. He expects you to believe it and he expects you to manifest it because he is God and he has said it. When he says, it is done. This disease is done. This situation that you are going through, this depression is over. He, it is done. That's what it means. Now, you see, people, they believe a lot of things. I just want to give you a story. Brother Brenham once went there and then there was a child who was sick. He, the child had diphtheria. Diphtheria is a very, if you get diphtheria, at that time they didn't have treatment for it. 
it is fatal. You understand? Now, he went there. Now, when he was going through the doctor, because they had declared that this child was not going to make it, the only thing was um, it was a matter of time before this child leaves this world. They did not even want to allow even Brother Brahman to go there because they said if he, because he has a children, two children, if he can contract the disease, the children might, because it normally affects little children, that's where it's more dangerous. His children might contract it and they might be, no, because there's no cure, they might die. But because he had the wet in him. He said that God that I serve is not an ordinary God. So he went there. They were fighting. Ultimately, they allowed him to go there, pray for the child. When he prayed for the child, when he left, the machines were still in. Bleeping. Bleeping. The, 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 the needle, the ventilator needle was still down there, showing that the child is not breathing up on his own. Now, brother, my brother, my sister, there will be a situation whereby we will pray for you. It will seem as if you will not, you are not getting better. It will seem as if your situation is getting worse. But remember, if he has said it, the only thing you have to do is to believe it for it to come true. You understand? You, it is not what you're going to do. It is for you to sit there and wait. Now, when Brother Brennan was preaching that message, that young boy was now in Africa, in a missionary, preaching the word of God. What happens? He had pulled through. Now, pulling through, at that time, he didn't seem he was going to do it. But gradually, God came and pulled him through. So, even if you get prayed for, you are still sick. Have faith. That is why God loved Abraham so much. Even because for 25 years, Abraham, when he received the promise that he was going to have Isaac, he was going to have a son, he was 75. Amen. So Brother Abraham says, each and every year, they'll go to the doctor and say, you know what? Doctor, just check. Is she pregnant? Imagine doing that for 25 years. For an ordinary human being, it's crazy. First of all, this person is above age. She has gone, she has gone above menopause. The, that is why the word of God says the man of women was no longer with Sarah. She could not, there was no hope that she would ever have a child. But Abraham, what did he do? He believed it. His faith, the word of God tells us, his faith never wavered from the word of God. Even you, my brother, my sister, your faith should never waver from the word of God. Because if you have said it, he will back it up. That is why I'm going to say to you, if you are a child of God, God doesn't save you to lose you. If you are saved, you are saved. Understand? It's not a, that if you, you are saved and you, you, the next time you have big sliding, that is contrary to God's way. Because he has saved you. You understand? He cannot go against his way. When he says something is done, it is done. So after, 100, after 25 years, a son of promise, Isaac, came through. You understand? Noah, how long did he preach? How long? I'm, I'm not sure, but if my mind says, well, I remember 120 years or something. Preaching the same message. Get into the ark. There is, there is going to be a material. There's going to be a rain that's going to destroy the whole way. For 120 years. Understand? 
Yes, today because we are reading it from the Bible, you say, I oh, know, you see, brother, me, I was going to be the first one to go into that ark. No, brother. Yes, if you are predestinated, <laughs> you are the seed of God, you will be the first person to go in there. But it is not through your own doing. It is him pulling you through. It's him leading you into that ark, the word of God, protection. That is the ark. That is the word of God. You understand? It is not what you did, what you believe. Like even the, 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 the John, James went with Jesus to, to, to the mountain when Jesus was praying just before he was crucified. The word of God tells us that Elijah and Moses came. Now you can imagine John, Peter going there preaching. Says, hey, brethren, you don't believe it. You know we are with Jesus. While we were there with him, Moses Elijah, you know, came. How do you know? Because now it was the Theophany that came, and we don't have an old Theophany. <laughs> so it was not at the age that they were when they died. It was at their mostly at their, uh, around the way around. It, it was at their young age because there is no, we don't have an old Theophany. So Jesus transformed and become one of them, spoke to them. You understand? So if Peter would go there and say to the people, Hey, brethren, I know, no, I, this Jesus of us, I know. Moses and Elijah were with him. Do you think the people will believe him? They would not until, unless it is God in them, leading them, electing them, predestinating them to believe that way. Amen. Yes, so that is why you have to be to manifest his power. You understand? You have to overcome because he's an overcomer. And remember, in Revelation chapter 2, he speaks that if you overcome, there is a crown that you will get. For each and every overcomer in the church of Ephesus, church of Smyrna, Pergamos, Theatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, all those seven churches' ages, they were overcomers. Now, we, we, we've been elected out of the church. We are not in Laodicea, brethren, no. We are elected out of it. That means, what does it mean? You have overcome. Just by having him, believing his word, you have overcome. And what is there for you? There is a crown that is waiting for for you in heaven. Because of what? You have stood for the cause. You have stood for Christ. You have believed his word. Now we can consider you to be a overcomer. Amen. So... I just want to say something, show you something here. Yes, we've shown you that you need to manifest his power. And then the last bit, there's one last, before we close, I think our time is over. There's one thing that he expects of you. You see, when a person, we say a person has the Holy Ghost, we've shown you that it is not when that person goes there, speaking tongues, makes miracles. No. It is when that person shows the life of Christ in him. Now, there's one thing that will show you if you have the life of Christ. That is love. Now, you, sh- you, sh- you need to have his love in you. Because that is the ultimate goal. He says, it doesn't matter what you say. If you do not have charity, you are like a tim- tinkling symbol. Because you are just speaking something that you do not profess. You understand? So when a person has the Holy Ghost, 
the one thing is love that we'll have. The love of God. The life of Christ. That is why the love of the things of the world is no longer in that person. But it is the love of Christ that prevails in him. And uh, the simplest thing is that you have to have love for one another. He says that is the greatest commandment. To have love for one another. You cannot profess to love God if you cannot love your brother who you see every day. So for us to be able to show that we have that Holy Spirit, we have his spirit in us, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have a life of a seed, the life of the word in us is when we show love for one another, when we bear burdens for each other. Amen. Then we can go and profess that we are his children. You understand? We have the Holy Ghost in us. You understand? That is when you have love for one another. Because the love conquers everything. It's not me. That's what the word says. That is how powerful love is. Amen. So with those few words, brethren, I think it is 12 o'clock. May the good Lord bless you. That is the few words that I have for today. Amen. Amen. You can just stand in a, uh, and just pray, uh, worship, uh, just sing a worshiping song. Amen. And then one thing that I can mention, brother, is that if you have not met him, it is never too late to meet him. The, he, he's, he always has an open arms for each and every one who professes love, who wants to meet him. Understand? So if you've been with him and then you've been discouraged, this message was just to encourage you to realize who you are, that he has died for you, and when he conquered the devil, you you understand, you were conquering the devil with you. Whatever situation you may go through, it doesn't matter how difficult, how big it might be, he will see you through. Understand? His word, him, Christ. We'll see you through. Amen. We can just sing a worshiping song. Amen. You are Alpha and Omega. We
situation you might be going through. I myself, I cannot pull you through. I may not be, not be able to help you. But he, Christ, he says nothing is impossible. There's nothing. So if you, while the brother will come and just pray, if you have a situation, he can see even behind your hand if you raise it. And he can prevail for you through that situation. Let's just sing a worship song while the brother comes here. And if you have anything that you want to say to God, just raise your up your hands. Then he will come and touch you. Yes. It's like that woman who had an issue of blood. He believed. He believed that if he can just touch him. So even this morning, I urge you, brother, just touch him. If you touch him, I can tell you, your life will never be the same again. Yes. He had been to doctors. He had been everywhere. But it was only when he touched her that her situation, that issue that he had, stopped. Amen. So while we are closing our eyes, while our brother comes forward, if you can just uh, sing a worshiping song, and then uh, the, the brother will come and uh, lay every need that we may have in front of the Lord. Amen. I have
Father God, believing, O God, Father God, that we receive that standard, O God, that you reveal that standard unto us, O God. Father God, we will not back down, O God. Father God, we will approach, O God. Father God, those giants, O God, Father as David, O God, Father God, when we look at them, O God, Father, we say, O Lord, oh, that target has just grown, O God. That bullseye, O God, is just big enough for me to hit it this morning, O Lord. Father God, I say, Lord, Father God, as David, O God, Father God, O Lord, the God that is in me, O God, is greater, O Lord. Father, this morning, O God, with that standard, O God, we can say the same, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we say thank you, O Lord, Father, for using our precious brother, O God, to stand in the gap, O Lord. Father God, we pray, O God, that you bless him, O God. Restore the virtue that may have left him, O Lord. Father God, because it's not easy, O God. Father God, it is not easy, O God. But, O God, at the end it is worth it, O God. We say thank you this morning, O God. Father God, and as we go, O Lord, our separate ways, O God. Father God, some may be in the fiery furnace, O God. Father God, some may be, O God, in the potter's hand this morning, O God. But, O Lord, your glory, O God, may be, Father God, fulfilled this morning. We say thank you, O Lord. Father God, come, O Lord. Guide our footsteps this week, O God. Guide us, O God, wherever we may be, O God. May we go out, O Lord, with that confidence as David had, O God. Father, where, we, where he said, O God, to Saul, O God. I overcame the bear, O oh Lord. I overcame the lion, O oh God. Father God, what is that giant, O oh God? That uncircumcised Philistine, what is he, O oh Lord? Father God, we go out this morning, O oh God, with that confidence, O oh Lord. Father God, that we've got the standard now, Lord. We've got the word, O oh God. What is that uncircumcised giant, O oh Lord? We say thank you now, O Lord. Come, O oh Lord, and may your will be, Father, in our lives, O oh God. Father God, may we, O oh God, Walk, O oh God, in that confidence, O oh God, knowing, O oh Lord, that we've got the standard, O oh Lord. Thank you now, Lord, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Mighty warrior. Yes, we can just sing that one to show that he's the one who wins battles for us. Hallelujah. Jehovah is his name. Jehovah
bless you and then uh, have a lovely uh, week and may the, may the good Lord beat you throughout the week, amen. And I will just sing a last song from Brother Ntozisi and then after that we are dismissed, amen. God bless you. Amen. We love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We lay our lives before your throne. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We adore you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We lay our lives before your throne. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We adore you. You, Lord, none besides you, Lord, no other God, no other God but you. We lay our lives before you. Let's sing it one more last time. We love you, Lord, we love you, Lord, we adore you. Lord.